to That's Anita Live, the talk show dedicated to providing emotional healing through sharing to help you create a happier life. Today is Yoga and Wellness Day. I have none other than DC's legendary Oh wow, Sherelle Moore Tucker in the building. She's an expert. She specializes in holistic stress management. And we got a whole lot of stress going on right now <laughs> in the United States of America. Yes, You've got stress, she's got answers. Through Sisters Who Meditate, her international movement, Sherelle teaches people how to use their faith, body, and breath to raise their level of consciousness, reconnect with God and themselves on a deeper mental, spiritual, and physical level. Girl. <laughs> That's that was a, a lot. lot. That was a lot, right? <laughs> And you do, you do all of this through classes and yeah. speaking and... Absolutely. I teach classes. Okay. I do things online. I speak. Now, I you meet. do yoga online? I do yoga online, yes. So you trust us <laughs> not to be sitting there with a bag of Cheetos watching you do yoga. You know, I hope not. I try to get some engagement, but yes, Ooh. I've done classes online. I do meditation online as well, and I do live events. Okay, so if my name ever pops up, Yes. I'm, Just know I'm sitting there with her. I'm going to be calling you out. Let's see what Sherelle's <laughs> doing today. No. Okay, so particularly because I met you at a brunch. Yes. And there was a very interesting conversation at the table regarding yoga, meditation, and women of color. Yes. By the masses, women of color do not yoga they do not meditate they do not why is that? they don't do any of that <laughs> no there are there are some and mm -hmm. i believe that the numbers are increasing and it really i believe that we're kind of at a learning curve okay. like yoga has been around for many many years yes. here in the united states mm -hmm. and sometimes there is a learning curve that takes place meaning that there are groups of communities uh that maybe are not exposed to it mm -hmm. and don't understand it okay. and so i think that we're in a space uh in, in many spaces where women of color are beginning to understand the benefits of meditation and it's just kind of a slow process how is it seeping into our community more where is it where where is it breaking into i believe that it's breaking into our community the more of us that decide to teach that take on the mantle and begin okay. to okay. take yoga outside of the studio walls so many times i will teach yoga at a church um, I would okay. teach at a community center. I will go to women's retreats where there's already an agenda set and add in the element of yoga and meditation. That way it's already a safe space that's already been provided and people are a little bit more open to the process. But yeah. I think that it's changing slowly, but surely. What is the connection between faith, yoga, and meditation? Well, that, that's a huge, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe that when, when you say the word yoga, and I've, I've heard every debate about you're a Christian, you cannot practice yoga, or you are wrong for doing it. I've heard it all. Really? Yes. Uh, many churches really kind of focus on yoga being part of new age, and that it's right in line with 
tarot card reading is right in line with numerology uh, and all these other Push things. Pin. <laughs> yoga has been around forever. It has been around forever, but unfortunately you have people, um, and I don't discount their experiences. You have some people that may have come out of the church that try a yoga class. Maybe, I don't know what kind of classes they went to, right, right. but they had a bad experience. Just like you can have a bad experience with anything. Mm -hmm. And that bad experience begins to become the narrative that is spoken to many faith-based communities and groups. And that becomes an overarching fear that don't go to this class because such and such went and she felt a spirit jumped off on her or they were chanting Om and there was a bad vibe. And so it comes out of that experience where institutions begin to stoke fear. But what people don't realize is that mm -hmm. yoga is not just about the postures. When people say, well, is yoga in the Bible or what does God say about yoga? Well, the components of yoga that you will see in a class or in your yoga experiences, an uh, emphasis on the breath. We know that breathing and the breath of life mm -hmm. is throughout the scriptures. Meditation, meditating on God's word day and night. So I'm gonna go back to that because people believe that they don't know how to meditate, but they do. And then third is movement, the postures, moving the body. Many of the yoga postures mimic what we do in everyday life anyway. And so those components are in the scriptures. Now, is the word yoga in the scriptures? No, it's not. But many people that, um, perpetuate this narrative about yoga being uh, rooted in Hinduism and different things of that nature, which is true, don't have an understanding of the historical background of yoga. Now, okay. many people don't realize that yoga actually was founded in Africa and was codified and became uh, more, was more integrated into the community in India. Um, so some people don't even know that. Okay. And so I believe that because a particular people and culture and religion decide to use yoga in their religious ceremonies, that people believe that yoga in and of itself is a religion and it's not. Belongs to them. Right, it belongs to them yeah. and we cannot take it. So if you practice yoga, some people have the belief that you are practicing Hinduism or that you are a practicing Buddhist and you don't know it. I don't know how you can do something and not know it, but <laughs> I've heard the thing, so if you practice downward facing dog, you're worshiping 10, 15 different gods. Well, but if I don't so know many... what the gods are, how can I possibly be doing that? So it's, it's all in people's experiences. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we, I personally serve a God that is uh, all knowing and knows the intention of my heart. And so as I move my body and exercise my ability to use my mind to meditate, mm -hmm. to use my heart, to allow that uh, meditation to flow through my heart and my actions and to also move my body in a way that's glorifying to God and to myself, I believe that God knows my heart and that I, that can't, you can't put your intention on me. But there's so many people in the Bible, a posture of prayer. Right. A posture of, for instance, um, completely face down. Right. Or- uh, Just prostrate. Yeah. Right, or mm -hmm. uh, Elijah, when mm -hmm. the cloud that was coming was just the size of a fist. It's in First Kings or Second Kings somewhere, and, yeah. and he put his face down. Posture is very important, whether right. it, it doesn't just belong to one set of beliefs. When I do this, what does that mean? That's I mean, a posture of prayer. 
it means different things to different people. Okay. So people can have their intention for whatever they want it to be. Someone can simply say, I just want to put my fingers together at my heart. I don't want to pray. Some people may say this is a, a posture of prayer. Mm -hmm. Some people may just say, it's just a posture. I'm just stretching my wrists and extending my elbows. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. you cannot make someone take on your intention. Your intention is yours. Is there a connection between yoga and God? I believe that there is a connection based on your intention. Mm -hmm. So some people come to the practice of yoga for a component of spirituality and philosophy okay. that mm -hmm. may not be in line with my faith. And that's totally fine. Some people come to the practice of yoga and they just want a, a workout. Have you ever heard of hot yoga, yes. Bikram yoga? Right. Yeah. So there's not, I've taken Bikram classes. in the window. <laughs> <laughs> right. Many people are coming in there for the sweat, for the, for the environment to really push themselves beyond the limits. And for some people, it's purely physical. And for some people, they have a spiritual experience out of it. But it all depends on that person. So how do you help people reconnect with God and reconnect with themselves? Well, it's really a process. The way that I uh, teach yoga is for, for people to be able to slow down because God speaks in the silence, right? And so many of us are dealing with uh, lots of noise and distractions. Mm -hmm. And I believe that when you carve out time, so I know many women, they already, they do devotion, they have their quiet time in the morning, right? Lots of uh, prayer groups that do that. But I believe that the beauty of meditation and what yoga can bring, if you're open to it, is an opportunity to really dedicate the total part of yourself, mind, body, and spirit okay. to Christ. Not just reading a devotion, journaling, saying a verbal prayer and getting up, but it can be a little bit more intimate and deep as God begins to work through you, not just in your mind, but in your heart and in your body. To get your soul and your spirit more in line. In line. Absolutely. You help women cultivate a practice and a discipline. Yes, I believe so. Does it require practice or is it something that we should try and wait until it clicks? And if it doesn't click, then it just don't work. <laughs> That's an interesting question. <laughs> I don't know about waiting until it clicks, but I do believe that as a, as a believer, um, and if this is the path and the journey that you're on, that is going to be discipline. There, some people have a discipline of fasting. Okay. Some people have a discipline that's um, very much on the path of prayer. And I believe that meditation is also a spiritual discipline that you must practice. You won't understand, you, you're able to really tap into that wisdom, that divine wisdom, mm -hmm. when you begin to practice Christian meditation. And I believe that in order to get there, you have to continue the practice, even if you feel like nothing is happening. I love what my pastor and meditation teacher, Dr. Weaver says. He says that everyone knows how to meditate. It's about what you're meditating on. <laughs> yes. What do you want to yes. focus on? Very much so. so when people come to me and say, teach me how to meditate, because here in society, everyone's sitting with their legs crossed, with their fingers together. And buying thinking, special pillows. Buying special pillows yeah. and incense. And all yeah. those things are great. Yeah. But that is only, that's only the half of meditation. It's not contingent upon the external. It's about the position of your heart and your intention. Because we meditate all day long. Worry is a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, sitting there thinking about food all day long is a form of meditation. How long should someone try it before they take the next step? 
I believe give it a try for about five minutes. And the way that I present it to my ladies uh, in the group Sisters Who Meditate is if you're into music, which I am, mm -hmm. that's kind of how I started, uh, pick uh, a music preferably without any lyrics so you don't get distracted by the lyrics and start singing along. That's something else. <laughs> right, right, but, but right. If, but if you, can find, uh, if you can find some music, just begin to cultivate uh, stillness. Okay. And, and begin to just meditate and observe your thoughts just for the length of the song, whether it's a three minute song or four minute song. And that's where you can start. Start where you are. And then you begin to build upon the practice. I'm to a point now where I have periods of stillness. This is all part of my meditate, of my discipline of meditation, but how I do that is not always the same every single time. So you don't have to just be quiet in stillness and close your eyes and put your fingers together. You don't have to do that. There are periods uh, of my practice where I will drive with, n with nothing on, no radio. Mm -hmm. So those are called you know, periods of stillness, of quiet. And it's amazing how powerful quiet and stillness can be. Because some people, they'll try it for a week. A week. And then at the <laughs> end of that week, girl, I'm not getting nothing out of this. I don't even know why I'm sitting here doing this. Right. What is your suggestion for what their next step should be? The next step is do it again. <laughs> Right, this, this, so this is, let, um, if, if we have some time, I'd like to just talk a little bit about the difference between what we hear so much about as far as mindfulness meditation mm -hmm. and Christian meditation. Okay. So this is the difference. When you talk about mindfulness meditation, which is a great form of meditation, it's something that I teach to people and businesses and whatnot, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it is focused on you getting something out of it, you getting some sense of inner peace, calmness, uh, clarity. Okay. It's all driven based on you doing something in order to get something. And for some people going right into this drastic form of meditation where it's just quietness and everyone is sitting around, that can be very daunting for someone that is not used to just being still. So I encourage those people to, I find out more about their lifestyle. Do you move? Do you run? Do you exercise? All of those things can be uh, a meditation technique, which is a moving meditation. Walking can be meditation meditative in nature. Mm -hmm. Running, I, lo I know lots of women with black girls run and girl track. Really? They do it all and that is their meditative practice. Your practice does not have to look like mine. But when it comes to Christian meditation, it's grace-based. So it's not about God doing something for you. It's about you entering into his presence and your simple desire to want to be where he is. Simple desire to want to be where he is. We'll be right back and I'll get Sherelle to go more into clues or signs that you can look for to know that it's working. What if I told you that you could stop the negative tape from playing inside your head? What if with seven simple steps, you could leave the pain of the past behind? and live every day as your true, authentic self. It is possible, and you can do it. The ebook, Seven Simple Steps to Beat Emotional Baggage, How to Become Whole, Healed, Healthy, and Happy, shares how to resolve emotional baggage. And feel free to live true to your own personality, spirit, and character. Transform negative thinking into positive thinking and become equipped to boldly face your past and resolve emotional pain.
Get your free copy at thatanitalive.com slash ebook. And we are back with Miss Sherelle Moore Tucker, yoga expert here in the D.C. <laughs> area. She is laying it down for us and what the differences are and what the benefits are. What are some of the, okay, let's say I just started, right? Mm -hmm. I do five to ten minutes a day of quiet. Great. What are some things that I can look for to, whether it's to change in my life or mm -hmm. things that I should notice to say, this practice is working for me before I move on to something else? Well, I believe that meditation can be very different based on everybody's personality. You know, if you go in with a certain goal mm -hmm. and a certain outcome, if you don't reach that outcome, you can believe that this didn't work. Okay. So I suggest to people that you find out what is your reason for starting the practice and be open for it to manifest any way that it wants to manifest. The goal really for meditation is not to just be the smart person that's meditating. You know, some people like to rattle off, oh yeah, I meditate five days a week. Right. No, it's not to do that. <laughs> really, you meditate and you're- I'm trending, I'm in the cool group. Right, I don't I'm know in what the cool group. <laughs> but it's really about meditating and finding a consistent practice of stillness and quiet so that you can tap into that divine wisdom mm -hmm, from the creator mm -hmm. and so that it, you can produce fruit. There can be an outcome in the way that you treat people and the way that you respond to difficult times. Okay. Those are some of the indicators that this meditation practice and the journey that you're on, mm -hmm. that you're beginning to transform and change, which is really from the inside out. Talk to me about meditation, yoga, and manifesting. Mm, that's good. <laughs> I believe there is a component of manifestation uh, in the positive and uh, in another perspective. So I'll talk about it from the standpoint of manifesting in the physical, just the postures. Okay. Of course, when you practice yoga and you have uh, some type of consistency with it, you can't just kind of do it one day and fall off and be a weekend warrior, just do it on the weekends. But if you have some sense of consistency, and what a lot of people don't realize mm -hmm. is that you don't have to practice yoga for a full day, or if you miss a class, even if you get 10 minutes or 20 minutes, just doing two postures and just taking time to reconnect and align with yourself, mind, body, spirit, okay. then you're gonna see the benefits. Some of the benefits are gonna be physically, you may feel more open, more, uh, more clarity, more energetic. Uh, for people that are dealing with health issues, mm -hmm. you may notice some change in uh, your, your, the condition of your health, whether it has to do with diabetes or high blood pressure. There's research that shows that some of those things can be uh, decreased with a consistent yoga practice. And then I believe that there, as it relates to manifestation, yoga can also um, cause some of those uh, health challenges. Uh, you'll find that they're lowered, but you can also have an experience where things in your past can come to the surface, which I talk about um, as it relates to trauma. And so those things that we have stuffed down and buried that maybe we weren't ready to face, mm -hmm. many times in a yoga class, when you're finally able to get still and quiet, those emotions begin to shake and rumble and they will manifest in your body. And they all will that come, emotional baggage. All of that emotional that baggage. That they suppressed for years and yeah, years and years. it will come up. So it's, it's not 
what people don't talk about is yoga may not always be a pleasant experience. What social media and you see on TV, they portray this, these calm people that everything is zenned out, mm -hmm. but that is not the reality of it. If you have some things in your life that you have not dealt with, mm -hmm. when you're finally able to get quiet, those things begin to come up. And as I always say in my classes, if it comes up, it wants to come out. It may come out in the form of tears. I've seen people cry in class. It may come out in the form of the legs may begin to shake. I see people that come to class and may not even be consciously aware of how traumatized they are and how their body is holding on to the trauma mm -hmm. until a trigger happens. I dim the lights or there's some aroma in the air that sends people into a tailspin, a touch, a slight touch of the hand, maybe where I'm adjusting someone and they flinch. All of those things can begin to come up in the context of a yoga class. And so there is a lot of manifestation that happens. Wow. How, what is the, the biggest, I guess, manifestation that you've seen thus far? Well, when I teach my faith and flow yoga classes, which I absolutely love and it's Many times I get people from the faith-based community that come out and it is a full-blown worship on the mat experience. When we end the practice, people are laying prostrate. People are in their own space of worship. People are crying. People are maybe speaking in tongues. People are in prayer. And sometimes the class is ended. And there, there are a few classes where this happened and no one gets up to leave. They are just so drenched in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I believe mm -hmm. that it's almost like a slice of church that you kind of take with you on the mat. But it doesn't necessarily have to end. And it doesn't have to end in the four walls of a church. God is everywhere. And whatever the intent is for you and you allowing that openness to come out, it's going to happen. So uh, beating emotional baggage is one of the benefits of yoga. Your movement is Sisters Who Meditate. Yes. Right? How, how did you start that? That was why did you start? It, How did you start? It was really a it was really a God idea. I really stepped out on faith with that because I had never done a Facebook group before. And it came to me very clear during the meditation. You need to start an online Facebook group talking about Christian meditation. I was like, well, God, I don't know who who's interested in that. Like, what can I talk about? all the time as it relates to Christian meditation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And since the inception of it, which was last October, we're about to hit almost 700 people in the group from okay. all over the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, people are very interested in other forms, which Christian meditation is another form of prayer. So people, there are people that are interested in just exploring their spirituality. It, there is a spiritual awakening that's definitely happening with people across all ages where we're going to church is great, but there's an intimacy that is missing with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so you see people that are exploring other spiritual tools to get that closeness and that intimacy with their creator. How do you walk them through it? Well, I, I'm a big educator. So when people come to me and say, show me how to meditate, we gotta have, we gotta have some, some discussions first. <laughs> it's not about me just showing you, mm -hmm. but it's about you know, me providing you with some information so that when you begin your practice, whatever you want that to be, 
you're going into it with an understanding of why you're doing it and what you can hope to get from the practice. And that is where I believe that so many people don't necessarily meditate because they don't have all the information that they need. So one, I provide lots of information in the group. Okay. Let's talk about it all. Not just about meditating, but why are we meditating? What was your experience like? Let's talk about some of the first century church history when meditation you know, was on the rise and why it isn't now and what has been your experience or your family members experience with meditation. So I try to let's talk through the process first before we even start meditating, because if you don't have the information and you have these unrealistic goals and expectations and the practice doesn't meet it, you will stop. And it's a journey. There are ebbs and flows. There are, t there are periods of my meditation journey that I, I open my eyes and feel nothing. But I trust God that something is happening on an unconscious level that I may not be able to see until a month down the road. That's where faith comes in. Have you ever had that experience? Absolutely. I've had moments of bliss where I feel like I'm wrapped in the arms of God. Mm -hmm. And then I've had months of dryness. <laughs> Like, why am I doing this? I can't concentrate, I can't focus. Mm -hmm. For me, and I've shared this with sisters who meditate and other people that I talk to, I have a very difficult time meditating in the fall and winter months because I'm very much a seasonal person. I love hot weather, I love the spring and summer. So it becomes a huge challenge for me to stick to my meditation practice in the fall and the winter. What do you use to help you push through? <sighs> You know, I just give myself grace. When I sit down and the intention is I'm going to do 20 minutes mm -hmm. and I begin to open my eyes after five minutes or, I, or my mind is all over the place, mm -hmm. I don't struggle and fight, fight there. I say, God, this is what I have. You know my heart and I get up and I try again the next day and I continue to show up for him as he shows up for me. And not be so hard on yourself. And not be so hard on myself. There are a lot of sisters out there that are very, very hard on themselves. And I know why, because we're so goal-oriented, right? We're super <laughs> women, we gotta do it all. Like if, if, the, if the epitome is to meditate five days a week, I wanna hit seven. Like we, <laughs> we're very goal-oriented people. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. But that's where grace has to come in. And if your intention is to meditate and to be close to the creator and you don't make your time or your child comes in mommy mommy I need some help right. or something happened and you have to cut it off you just begin to release that expectation to say I know what I came here for mm -hmm. and God's got me and I'm gonna show up tomorrow somebody comes into your group a troll <laughs> and that happens. They, they start with I tried this and I tried that and uh, I was trying to manifest a better life mm -hmm. I was trying to manifest a better job I was trying to manifest my own business this is just garbage and it doesn't work <laughs> what the group leader <laughs> says to the group Right. I mean, that happens. Mm -hmm. There are people that practice different meditation techniques and spiritual tools and they say it doesn't work. It's garbage. 
I didn't get anything out of it. And you know what? They are entitled to their experience. Mm -hmm. I don't discount it. Mm -hmm. I don't tell people that they did anything wrong. I simply ask, are you willing to try again? Are you willing to be open? Because if you enter into a practice or anything that's new, once again, not having all the information and, and not being informed, you can leave feeling very disgruntled. But I believe that if you are open enough for the process to realize that I may have this goal in mind, but there may be something else that I need to learn before I reach that goal, okay. then I believe that you're going to have a good experience. It may not necessarily be the experience that you want or that you've written down, okay. but it is part of your path. Many people won't stay on the path long enough to see the fruit that's on the journey. Mm. Many people won't stay on the path long enough to see the fruit that's on the journey. That's deep. Tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. All the connections between body, mind, spirit, how yoga can help you get reconnected to yourself, how yoga can help you get re reconnected to all the things in life that matter. Don't live a life of regret, carrying all the emotional baggage that keeps you locked in fear and feeling bad about yourself. To reach out to Sherelle, you can find her on Facebook, Sherelle Moore Tucker. In this episode, you have learned a multitude of tips and techniques to help you create a more meaningful and fulfilling life. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out that'sanitalive.com for where and when to see our next episode.